Week. Happy Tuesday afternoon. 4.37 is the time. Jeff Andreas here on NL Newsday. Hope everyone's having a nice day here so far. All right, some big news coming from the federal government today. Finance Minister Christian Freeland saying the federal liberals will table a budget on April 19th. It will be the first federal budget in more than two years after the government opted not to introduce one in 2020 as the COVID-19 pandemic took hold here in Canada. It's also Freeland's first budget as a finance minister. For a re little re reaction to this, please to welcome to the show Conservative MP for Central Okanagan, Similkami Nicola, Dan Albus. Dan, how are you doing here today? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for the time. It's been a while, so I appreciate you coming back on the show. Uh, so I guess just initial reaction here to the fact that we're finally going to be seeing a federal budget more than two years after the last one. I mean, it's about time, yeah. isn't it? Well, you know, every other province and territory has gone through the process of putting forward a budget. Uh, you know, Kamloops Council puts forward a budget. And, uh, you know, Finance Canada, um, the, the whole department exists to be able to put forward a budget with a one-month notice. So you're right. It's been over two years. In fact, it was the spring before the fall election of 2019 that we had our last budget and this prime minister has uh, again he's, he's making out more election style uh, promises traveling the country uh, pitching it so uh, it seems like they're they're trying to set this budget up for a possible election I think that's irresponsible but happy to talk about the budget itself and and what some of the other things in there yeah, so, I mean, just in terms of the conservative, the opposition scrutiny that's going to come with this, I mean, I imagine you're always going to be, you know, making sure you go through it with a fine-tooth comb, but this time I would almost imagine more than ever, given the fact that we're looking at, uh, well, uh, two, it's got to be two years that we're kind of almost financing for looking back while also trying to look ahead. Well, look, a month ago, the prime minister made an announcement saying that they were going to put millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars into funding transit, uh, you know, buses, etc. That was, is not going to start for five years. You know, he, when Christia Freeland became the finance minister, it, it's in her mandate letter to not create any new permanent spending programs, except, you know, that particular spending is five years from now, tens of millions of dollars and will be apparently year after year uh this will go forward to municipalities so this is the problem with this prime minister he says one thing to christian freeland in the mandate letter and does another all without giving a budget and wait it's that's just not the only thing christia freeland recently had a bill before parliament there she wanted to raise the debt ceiling usually a finance minister would do that in a budget bill so they actually are now raising our debt ceiling to a record $1.8 trillion. So when we ask questions about why she needed three quarters of a trillion dollars added uh, to the debt ceiling that they could borrow on, she refused to give details. This was supported by Jagmeet Singh. So look, we have a liberal government that won't give us particulars. They're talking about spending announcements five years into the future, traveling the country, pre-election spending, because that's what this prime minister does. And who's supporting it? Jagmeet Singh and the NDP. That's the kind of irresponsibility we're seeing. Look, we need to focus on this COVID-19. We need to get as many people through this so we have businesses operating, that people can have some certainty. I don't want to see my tourism operators go uh, and miss another tourist season. The government isn't giving us these details, and uh, actually they're giving us zero details. 
uh, that's alarming to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how worried are you about uh, the the federal debt? I guess looking at the fact that they're looking to increase that ceiling. Um, not a lot of talk about how we're going to be digging out. I don't know if that's necessarily the time right now, given you know we're still going through this pandemic. We still need some relief programs to be out there. But uh, you know, what's the concern level as the debt well, level continues to rise? Well, the Bank of Canada announced today that it's going to be pulling back a lot of its fiscal mm-hmm. measures because that. they see the economy going. In fact, there's some inflation that's going on. So look. Aaron O'Toole wants to support a recovery. Uh, that's why he's put a five-point plan, everything from a million jobs, uh, you, know, to, you know, to get our economy back on track, more accountability in Parliament, uh, and as well as focusing on mental health. But you know what? We're not seeing this government giving us a plan for certainty. And you know what? If the Prime Minister doesn't want to do his job, he should simply do the honorable thing, let someone else do it. Um, we have a plan that we, we think is, is, is going to be good for Canadians. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's really where this is coming down to. It's a choice between a free spending, lack of accountability Prime Minister, and someone else who just wants, to, you know, to get the economy moving and give people some hope. So if the Conservative Party was, you know, at the helm, was the one tabling this budget, what would the priorities be for your government right now? Well, we, again, start by giving some certainty. Like, for example, I have tourism operators Mm -hmm. uh, that are getting emails and questions from Americans who have been vaccinated, and they're saying, can we book in the summer? Can we come uh, ski your hills in the winter? And so we have tens of thousands of dollars worth of bookings for some of these small operators that have barely gotten by. But can they say anything? No, they can't because the government isn't letting us know. Look, Joe Biden has been in office for how many months? And he's already presented a plan for for America's reopening. Boris Johnson in the UK, they have a similar plan. This government is is saying nothing. The radio is silent on many of these measures. And don't even get me started about the aviation industry. Look, Sam Samadar from Kelowna International Airport has said he's appalled that it's a year into this crisis and we still don't even have basic automatic contract tracing. So we know that the the government has put in more money and we have gotten less uh, bang for our buck. That's what I think Aaron O'Toole wants to look at. We need to support people. We need to give certainty. He's talked about balancing the budget over a decade. That's a lot of time so that we can focus on putting our money where our priorities are. But again, this government, you know, has been uh, shy to even table a budget in two years. Mm -hmm. Every other province has. And I think it's because there's a lot worse uh, things that we don't know. And there's lots we don't know. I I can elaborate further on that. I would like you to elaborate. What are some of the things you think we don't know that are going on behind the scenes right now? Well, you, you said about some of the supports that have gone out. And look, conservatives have supported a lot of the supports like the CERB. Now, a lot of that, though, was paid through the EI fund. I've asked the minister. She said that she would get back to me with the status of the EI fund. Well, she hasn't gotten it. She actually, her staff said, go look in the public accounts that won't be available till this fall to find out where the EI account is. The Parliamentary Budget Office actually is estimating by 2024, there will be a shortfall of $52 billion. Now, the reason why that's important is because EI is is not a slush fund. You actually have to collect, it has to sustain itself. So that means you have employers are looking at either higher uh, payroll taxes to pay it and employees. And again, if we don't have certainty on the economy, if we don't have a prime minister that 
it's all about trying to get certainty so that, you know, these businesses can start hiring or at least, you know, I said those tourism operators, do they, can they even hire staff if they don't know if they can take those bookings? That's the challenge we have here. And if we don't take this recovery seriously, if we just kind of let a laissez-faire approach the prime minister's taking, guess what? That's going to put more pressure on the remaining employers and employees to pay that back. That's not leadership. Again, the prime minister is that for a reason. It's the highest office. They have most resources go there. Other countries like the UK and the US, they're way ahead of us in vaccines. We know that. Mm-hmm. They're planning their reopening. That will have impacts on us. Will those American tra- travelers go somewhere else? Yes, they will. And they'll spend there. And they won't be spending at our ski hills. They won't be spending uh, in, uh, in our hotels. Do you believe that there should be um, uh, some kind of announcement, some kind of comment that could be made in terms of a finite uh, timeline for a border reopening? I know the United States has been talking about it, right, hoping to reopen the Canada-U.S. border by July 4th. Um, you know, we have a rough idea of when we're going to have at least initial vaccines into people's arms at this point here in uh, B.C., right? The target is by the end of June, early July, to have that done. Shouldn't there be able to be some sort of timeline given as opposed to just rolling it over month by month by month at this stage of the game? That, that's a great question. So the Tour- Tourism Industry Association of Canada, I have the release here. It says, and I quote, the news of the COVID-19 vaccine distribution gives us reason for cautious optimism. However, we need to plan for the recovery of, Can- of Canada's tour- uh, tourism economy now. So they're already when it is safe to reopen. Today, we were in the House of Commons and it was an opposition day. So we got to put forward a motion and the motion calls on the government to table within 20 calendar days, a clear data driven plan to support safely, gradually, and permanently lifting COVID-19 restrictions. Like I've said, we're not asking for anything that other countries aren't doing. We believe that Canadians deserve that clarity. Look, if we don't start putting out some sort of hope that we can get through this and give us some timeline, we're going to see more for lease signs in our downtowns. We're going to see more bankruptcies. We're going to see less employment for young people. That's why we got to get this right. And certainty is the stability that businesses need. If you can't give someone a date of when they can, they can start taking those bookings, that's a hard decision. How do you even be able to put forward a budget if you don't have some of those timelines thought out already ahead of time? Wouldn't that, you know, wouldn't there be sort of a dependence on on economic recovery, tourism, international travel to be able to actually put forward a, a realistic budget of what things might look like? I feel like those two things have to be connected in some way. Well, absolutely. And that's where, if you look, Public Health Agency of Canada has been uh, working towards guidelines so that provinces can plan. Um, and they then, then take those things. We have a national uh, vaccination body that sends out national guidelines for vaccination so that provinces can, you know, take that advice. And so there are other questions um, where the federal government, the border is their responsibility. The aviation industry is their responsibility. And so they have lots of staff that probably have a lot of this data. It's just they don't want to let it come out. It's only because we're in a minority parliament that committees like the Health Committee, the Finance Committee, have been able to compel the government to give documentations. And what do we see? We see that the Prime Minister's office tries to hide information. They try to obscure information, right, that is not flattering, flattering to the government. But that's, that's what they are doing. That's why we, we are calling the, the government to do the right thing, to put forward a plan, you know, to, to then have a budget 
and uh, then we can start talking about how we get the economy back on track. And, you know, our job as the opposition is to ask tough questions and is to push them to do better. They aren't doing better. We know that we've spent more money than countries our size, and we've gotten less for it. Now's the time for us to show a little more ambition and a little bit more value for money because money's going to be tougher uh, as we get as we move forward. And people are expecting leadership. And quite honestly, if the prime minister isn't interested in being that person, I have a, uh, a solution for him. He should get out of that position and let someone else who wants to be there be and there. Just to follow up on that, uh, so we're looking at a budget being tabled in just under a month. A vote against the budget could force the country into a federal election. I doubt the D- NDP have any interest in voting against this, but do you see or uh, envision a world where this could be voted down and an election could be called this spring? The only person that has not pledged to run an election, the only national leader who has not pledged to force an election during a pandemic is the Prime Minister. So, you know what? Uh, Canadians expect all of us to work together. That's why they send a minority parliament. I'm willing, and I know Aaron O'Toole is willing to put him uh, to put the country ahead of his own ambitions, um, and we're going to continue to push the government to produce a data-driven plan that's clear on how we can support a safe, gradual, and permanent lifting. Um, look, we're not asking them to flip the switch tomorrow. We're just saying. Tell us what that looks like under what conditions so people can plan. I think that our business community deserves that. And I think all the people that have been suffering, um, you know, because, you know, our children are, are not engaged socially like we usually do, we need to be able to give them a little bit of hope. Look, uh, you know, we've been so far behind on vaccinations. Um, you know, I know people that have had to have funerals uh, that have been done mainly online. There's so much stuff that can be done, but we need to start. And the government needs to pivot, and it needs to be more open with people. Uh, One more question here for you, Dan, while I do have you on the line, just to switch gears slightly. uh, Over the weekend, delegates to the Conservative Policy Convention voted down a resolution that would have included the line, climate change is real in the party's official policy document. Now, that specific vote uh, result is sort of the one that has been making headlines here in the last couple of days. I feel like it's probably being blown out of proportion. I feel like uh, the the liberals are hammering down on that one specific, you know, forward line. Um, just what are your thoughts on what you're seeing about how people are really, I, I want to say, almost mocking the Conservative Party right now for that specific headline that's out there. But again, I don't think it tells the whole story. Well, you're absolutely right. And you know what? If you have scandals after scandals and filibusters and, and not being transparent, you're going to try to spin into a direction where the other guy looks bad. Look, I get that. That's part of politics. But I'll just say a couple things. First of all, I spoke in support of the motion at the, at the convention. And most importantly, our leader, Aaron O'Toole, has been very clear. Climate change is real and the debate is over. We will be having a real and comprehensive climate plan to present to Canadians the next election, and people will be able to choose straight up between a tired, scandal-driven, you know, uh, spendthrift government versus one that seeks value for money, that wants to see better opportunities for our children, and wants to, uh, you know, tackle our mental health and get people back to work. Dan, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. I'm definitely looking forward to see what happens on April 19th. And uh, we'll catch up again soon, but appreciate the time today. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Jeff. Take care. You too.
That's Dan Albus. He is the conservative MP for Central Okanagan, Simokami Nicola, speaking to that federal budget that we got the word will be tabled on April 19th. Finance Minister Christia Freeland making that announcement today. Again, more than two years between federal budgets. That is a ridiculous amount of time. And you heard Dan say a number of times, right? Every province, every territory has had to put forward an annual budget. Every municipality has been putting forward an annual budget. And yet the federal government somehow didn't have to do so. I understand things were complicated. It wasn't going to be an easy budget to throw together. You might have seen things shift and change throughout the course of the fiscal year. That doesn't mean you couldn't put something out, put a bit of an outline out there, put some plans in place, and we just didn't see that. It was really unfortunate to see around this time last year that there was no federal budget being put forward. It makes it difficult for provinces and territories to be able to do their own financial planning if they don't know what's going on at the federal level. Same thing for municipalities. I uh, am disappointed that the, the Liberals did not put forward something a year ago. We'll see what comes here in April. I have a lot of reservations about what it might be looking like. And, you you know, you heard my conversation there with Dan. How do you come up with a budget when you don't know what things are looking like in terms of a reopening plan, when you don't know what the border is going to look like here over the course of the summer? If you're not going to put forward these projections and let the public know, how can we put any faith in what is coming out on a budget document? I don't know. I don't know what to think about it all, but also just to, to, to close things out here on my little debrief of my conversation with MP Dan Albus, that whole climate change thing, people need to read between the lines and not just read the headlines. I'll leave it at that.